Hello, 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 everyone out there in podcast land, and welcome to the Joy of Living and Learning Conversations with Phyllis. I'm so delighted that you have decided to tune in. We have one that is very personal for me today. Today's podcast is entitled, How to Grieve the Loss of a Loved One and Finally Move on to Acceptance. Even just researching this topic helped me some with the grief of all my losses over the past three years. According to an article by the American Psychological Association, coping with the loss of a close friend or family member may be one of the hardest challenges that many of us face. When we lose a spouse, sibling, or parent, our grief can be particularly intense. Loss is understood as a natural part of life, but we can still be overcome by shock and confusion, leading to prolonged periods of sadness or depression. The sadness typically diminishes in intensity as time passes, but grieving is an important process in order to overcome these feelings and continue to embrace the time you had with your loved one. This article so resounded with me as I deal with the grief of my loved ones, and I know that I am not the only one. According to an article entitled Grief by the Numbers, facts and statistics, a large part of the U.S. population grieves each year. While some mourn the loss of close friends or relatives, others face the loss of jobs, pets, and relationships. Grief is a complex and painful experience, unique to each individual, but nearly everyone goes through it. Today in this alternate universe, as I call it, that we are living in, There are lots of things swirling around us as we try to find joy in the eye of our storms. In the middle of researching this topic, I got the news that a dear childhood friend passed away in her sleep. We grew up in the projects together, so we felt more like cousins. So today I dedicate this podcast to my childhood friend slash cousin, Sheila Jennings, Sheila Johnson Jennings, who passed away peacefully in her sleep. Prayers for her family. I wanted to do this podcast because I'm grieving as I have never grieved before. And I know many people around me, like myself, are grieving the loss of sometimes even more than one loved one. I lost my brother James and one of my best friends, Iris, in 2017. Then my brother-in-law, Aris, in 2019. Then my oldest sister, Maddie, and my niece, Catherine, in 2020. And although each was heartbreaking, I could justify their deaths in my mind. My heart was still sad, but I could wrap my mind around their deaths. My brother, brother brother-in-law, my niece, and friend were hospitalized with illnesses. My sister, Maddie, lived 90 long, healthy years, and then she contracted COVID. Now, my sister Anne's death, that was different. Her death happened in September of 2020, and it was totally unexpected. Anne was young-spirited, vibrant, and oh, so beautiful as she aged gracefully. When we had the authorities make a wellness call at her home in Florida, the last thing we expected to hear is, where do you want us to send the body? Oh my gosh, I was screaming. Her daughter was crying uncontrollably. It was just too unbelievable, just as unbelievable as it is today. 
My sofa is still a comfort to me these days, and I will eventually figure out how to get through all of these sad feelings and move on to the other stages to get to acceptance. So to help me talk about this, I have with me Minister Sheila Winfrey Brown, and Minister Sheila is an associate minister at the Canaan Baptist Church under the pastorate of Reverend Dr. Christopher Allen Bullock. She served as Christian Education Ministry Director, Chair of the Women's Ministry, Chair of the Women's Conference, and Church Clerk, and she currently serves as Intercessory Prayer Warrior and a Trusted Counselor, and, Minister, and Minister Sheila has been called upon to counsel many people through the grieving process after the loss of a loved one. Minister Sheila, thank you so much for joining me to discuss such an important topic at such a time as this. And as you know, this podcast is entitled The Joy of Living and Learning. And, is, and it is hard to find joy when you are constantly grieving. And I hope that today we can help some of our listeners understand the grieving process and finally find some joy and happiness in celebrating the life of our loved ones who are no longer with us here on earth. So welcome Minister Sheila. Thank you so much, Phyllis, for this opportunity to join you on the Joy of Living and Learning Conversations with Phyllis podcast. Before I start, I just want to offer my deepest and most sincere condolences to the family of Sheila Johnson Jennings. I know that can be a difficult, this is a difficult time for them as they are mourning her transition. And let me say that there is no right or wrong way to grieve. I need to say that again, because some people think there is. There is no right or wrong way to grieve, but there are beneficial ways that will enable us to survive the grief season. And even in some cases, some individuals may thrive during the grief process. So let's start with the basic of just what is grief? Grief is a natural response to loss. It's the emotional suffering you feel when someone or, some, or something has been taken away from you. Often this pain or this loss can be so overwhelming. As Phyllis has stated, you will feel all kinds of emotions and it's a full range of emotions that can go from shock to anger, to disbelief, to guilt, fear, and profound sadness. And you know, the pain of grief can also disrupt your physical health. It can make it difficult for you to eat, to sleep, and maybe even think straight. But just know that these are normal reactions to loss. Normal reactions to loss. Because as I said earlier, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. Phyllis, you've mentioned in your introduction that there were several losses that can contribute to grief. I know I didn't hear, I don't think I heard the word divorce, I but people grieve following a divorce. Some. They, yes, <laughs> they grieve following a miscarriage. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yes, 
And we look at retirement, particularly for individuals who weren't ready to retire and they've lost the job and they're forced to retire or have to take early retirement. Mm -hmm. Those that's a loss. Yes. And that loss, when it's unexpected, can result in a loss of financial security, Mm -hmm. financial stability. You know, that can cause added stress and grief. And one thing we have to look at, as I know, as I get, I'm getting older, even the selling of your family home, a place you've been in for decades, and you're no longer to really care for yourself, and your family has to make a decision as to whether you're able to stay in your home. For that individual who has to leave the home, they can experience a great loss and having to make- Sheila, you just made me think of something, even having to put a loved one in a nursing home. Yes. Wow, yeah. That's a difficult decision. Yes. And you, as the person making the decision or the person leaving the home, that can cause grief for them as well because that is a loss. Yes. So whatever your loss, just know it's personal to you. And I often tell people, don't feel ashamed about how you feel when you think you're grieving over certain things that other people don't think is really important. It's Mm -hmm. your personal grief. And one thing in particular that I know some people don't often understand, and you mentioned this, Phyllis, is that the death of a pet can cause a great deal of grief. We forget uh, that pets are members of our family, particularly pets that have been with you for a number of years. We experienced that about three years ago when we had to make the tough decision to put our dog down because he was no longer able to care for himself or even to survive. Wow! And we had to make that difficult choice. And I remember that morning uh, when my husband told me that we were going to take him to the vet. I broke down in tears. I cried uncontrollably. And I'm thinking, this is the last time I'm going to see him. Mm. You know, and it was very difficult for us. And I think my dog knew as well because he didn't want to get in our car that day. Wow. So he sensed my grief, oh. our pain. And so we we experienced that. So one of the things we had said we wanted to talk about today was the stages of grief. And you've highlighted a couple of those. So let's get right to that. Okay. So there are five stages of grief that we're going to talk about today. And I want to give you a little background on those five. In 1969, psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross introduced what has now become known as the five stages of grief. These stages were based on her studies of the feelings of patients that were facing terminal illness. So over these last, what, I think, guess, 42, 52 years now, Uh, we've commonly accepted these as the five stages of grief. And I call it the acronym ADABDA, D-A-B-D-A. 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 Okay. That D is denial. And you talked about that. And we say, this can't be happening to me. 
when you first learn of a loss, it's normal to think this isn't happening. I've been there with families and I've experienced this myself in that my first reaction, I know for me, is a primal scream. Mm. I've screamed at the top of my lungs that I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. This did not happen. I know my sister didn't die. I know my mother didn't die. I didn't know my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. I'm just in denial of those things. And that's normally my first reaction. With my sister, my sister Ann, it was no, no. I just kept screaming no. Just kept screaming no because there was just no way. No way. Right. Because no. you weren't expecting that to occur. No. No. And even when we do expect it to occur, if someone has been ill for an extended period of time, it's still the reality of that person has transitioned. So you're going to be in denial. And that you will never, ever be able to look them in the face, see their smile, hug them. And even with my sister, Anne, she had these little fatty arms. I would never see her little fatty arms again. Right. So it was just just sad. And it is those things because you mm-hmm. you're expecting them to show up. Yes. You're expecting that phone call that, you know, is not going to come. And some people second. Sometimes I say I got to call Ann because we talked every day on the phone. And then I remember, no, I can't talk with her on the phone. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that first stage is denial. This can't be happening to me. Mm-hmm. Then there's anger. Mm. Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Who is to blame? Even if the loss was nobody's fault, you may feel anger. You may be resentful. You could be angry with yourself. If I only had done something else, Mm. if I only had called and checked on her sooner, Mm -hmm. if I only had visited more frequently, You could be angry with God. Mm -hmm. If you recall in the Bible, in the story of Mary and Martha, and they became angry at Jesus Christ, and they said to him, if you had been here, our brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. They were angry. They were upset that he did not come when they sent word that Lazarus was very sick. I recall an episode of the Golden Girls, where Blanche's father uh, had called, asked her to come home that weekend. She didn't go. But she had something else to do. So she was upset with herself for not going. And some people have even angry with the people who have died. Wow. Because we say, why didn't you take better care of yourself? Why couldn't you stop drinking? Why couldn't you give up the drugs? We sent you to rehab. Why did this have to happen? It didn't have to happen. Mm. And why? And who's to blame? So then as you move from anger, then the third phase and stage of grief is bargaining. Make this not happen. And in return, I will. You know, we say that. Particularly, I know... I had had that thought when my daughter called and said she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. 
And I was, Lord, just let that pass from her. You know, I was willing to take on her breast cancer. Okay, Lord, just don't want, I didn't want to see my child suffer. Mm -hmm. So we say that. But some people will say, Lord, if you make this happen, you know, Lord, if you just save my mother, then I'll go to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'll read my Bible. I'll mm -hmm. pray more. You're bargaining with your higher authority. Right. You're thinking about the if only and the what if. Mm -hmm. So we've had denial. This can't be happening to me. Anger. Why is this happening? Who is to blame? Bargaining. Make this not happen. And in return, I will. Then there's the fourth stage of grief that's been identified. It's depression. And I think I heard you mention that. Mm -hmm. I'm so sad to do anything. I am too sad to do anything. Profound sadness is probably the most common symptom of grief that we experience. There's feelings of emptiness, despair, deep loneliness, times when you cry a lot. I know I did. You cry a lot and you, you feel like you're just totally emotionally unstable. Mm -hmm. You know, we recognize sometimes we say, it was such a bad day, I couldn't even get out of bed. All I could do was just pull the covers up over my head yeah. and make this pain go away. Mm-hmm. That's part of denial, but that's also depression. Yeah. You become fatigued, sleep issues. There may be nausea, some weight loss, loss of appetite, just things you normally would do, but you don't do because you are overwhelmed, you are regretful, and you're lonely. So we've discussed denial. This can't be happening to me. Mm -hmm. Anger, why is this happening? Who is to blame? Bargaining, make this not happen, but in return, I will. And then depression, I'm too sad to do anything. And I feel this, I thought I heard you say the word acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yes, and acceptance is that fifth stage of grief. Which is where we'd all love to get to. We would love to get to. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you would say, I'm at peace with what happened. Mm. And this is the final stage in the five stages of grief is to accept the reality of your loss. Wow. Because one, it can't be changed. Mm -hmm. And wow. as we say, the Lord has spoken and let the church say amen. Wow because that transition has occurred. Wow. And there's no going back until we see them again in heaven. That's right, that's right. That's yeah. right. Th those five steps. Now, can I just go back and just kind of tell you what I kind of went through with each step so we can just get a feel for what a person might be going through? Absolutely. Okay, so so with, with my sister Ann, um, let's de denial. Now, my whole thought is at first is Anne is really not gone. I will wake up from this dream and she will be there. And then she was cremated. 
I got to see the body before she was crem cremated. And I even said to God, you created Adam and Eve out of dust. You can take Anne's ashes and bring her back. I mean, I was just feeling desperate and was hoping that God would answer my prayer and make this just go away and bring my sister back. And when I was viewing her body, I asked God to just lift her up out of that box and let her turn her head and smile at me once again. It was it was really kind of kind of sad and pitiful. Um, but I just just really felt like this is not happening to me. And I think that was my denial state. And then the anger, if she had only gone to the doctor when I told her to, because she, she went back to Florida, she told me she wasn't feeling well. And I said, well, you know, sound like you need to go to the doctor. And she said, I, you know, I have a doctor's appointment next week. So I'm like, okay. And I just, you know, just felt like that she, okay, she, she'll be all right. Now the bargaining part, I guess, if only we had convinced her to stay in Delaware, which is our hometown, closer to her family, you know, maybe she could still be here. And I guess the depression part was, Anne was my rock. I never had to worry about hitting rock bottom in life because Anne was always there for my safety net. And I <laughs> knew that no matter what, my home was Anne and Arce's home. Anne was willing to take in any family member with love and graciousness. She's not going to take you in and then be begrudging that you're there. She would just take family members in and just love them. And she was one of my biggest cheerleaders, followed closely by my brother-in-law, Ron, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she encouraged me to write. So now I have written two books. She came all the way from Florida to attend my pageant in Atlantic City. Nothing of mine was too big or too little for my big sister to come and support. And I now have to figure out what will my life be like without my sister, Anne? And this is this is a difficult one. So I'm not at the acceptance stage yet, but I guess that would be when I can say I am so fortunate to have had so many wonderful years with my sister, Anne, and she will always be in my memories. It's going to take a while for me to get there. But as in one of my sermons, I just say, just pedal, just keep pedaling. Uh -huh. If you don't know what to do, just keep pedaling. Just one step or one stroke at a time. Just just, right. just keep moving. Just keep pedaling. And sometimes that's so hard to do, but you have to keep moving. You have to keep moving. You can't wallow in your sorrow. You just have to keep moving. So I, I hope that kind of, you know, help people to, you know, get, get a feeling of what those stages are really and um, before we leave, um, Minister Sheila, can you give our listeners some steps they can take right now to help them through the stages of grief? Right. But before we leave the stages of grief, uh -huh. here's one of the things I want to say. Everyone doesn't go through every each of those five steps. Right. Correct. Some people may go to one or two or three. Yep. Some people may go through them all. And if you're going through them, remember, they're not done in some neat sequential order. Mm -hmm. You may hit acceptance and you're okay with that. Some may go through denial, may have depression, never have anger, mm -hmm. but then they get to acceptance. So it's not some neat area right. that you will go through in those stages of grief. But also remember that grief is that roller coaster. You're going to go up and down. You're going to have some highs. You're going to have some lows. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when those lows are really low, 
then that's when you need to seek professional help. And that's one of the things we'll talk to as we move through this. Just know the grieving process takes time. Healing happens gradually. So one of the things you have to do, acknowledge your pain. Mm. Acknowledge the pain. We try to suppress our pain, suppress the grief, thinking that we can avoid it forever. We can't. Acknowledge, embrace the pain. I've said to someone uh, not that long ago, lean into God and lean on God. Right. Try to avoid feelings of sadness that will prolong your grieving process. Then understand that your grieving process, as I stated previously, is just unique to you. It's a highly individualized experience. There is no right or wrong way to grieve. Amen to that. No right or wrong way to grieve. Mm -hmm. Because grief will depend on a number of factors. Your personality, your coping style, your life experience, your faith, and also how significant the loss was to you. So yeah. don't let anyone tell you how you should feel or how you should grieve. Grieve on your own. Right. right. So support yourself emotionally by taking care of yourself physically. And Phyllis, I know you do that because we exercise on Zoom on Thursday mornings and Saturday mornings. Absolutely. So that helps to reduce the stress level. Because stress is a major loss that can quickly deplete your level of energy and your emotional reserves. Mm -hmm. The body and the mind are connected. The body and the mind are connected. So when you feel healthy physically, you'll be able to cope better emotionally. So exercise. Release those endorphins. And then you can come back stress and fatigue by getting enough sleep, eating right. And don't use artificial things to numb your pain or grief. Don't use alcohol. Don't resort that. Don't resort to drugs to numb the pain of grief or to try to lift your mood artificially. It's sometimes just to embrace that grief is here. You're in a season of grief. Accept it. Then recognize that there is a difference between grief and depression. Because one of the things that will happen, if you become so depressed, that's what we call a complicated grief. That you're so deeply depressed that you can't take care of yourself. You can't take care of your family. You're not able to go to work. You just feel as if all hope is lost. How am I going to survive? And some people even think about and even commit suicide when they're in a stage of complicated grief. So when you are feeling that overwhelmed, and it's for an extended period of time, call your primary care physician or seek a mental health professional to get the help and counseling that you need. Even if you can't get to a mental health professional, there are churches such as Canaan 
uh, Baptist Church, which has a grief counseling ministry. Reach out to your, your church. Call a friend. Talk to your family members. Get the help that you need. And so often in our community of African-Americans, we don't always want to seek out the help of a mental health professional. I know I've often heard some people say, I'm just going to pray about it. I know that God will provide. I know he'll help me and he'll deliver me and take this sadness away. Mm -hmm. But also understand that uh, God has said in the book of James, faith without works is dead. Yes. While we pray, mm -hmm. we also have to get up off our knees and get to work. Yes. And get to work on our mental health. Right. That is so critical. Mm -hmm. Because if you aren't able to take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of someone else? That's correct. That's correct. And when you are hurting and you may get to a point that you are hurting so much that we that old saying is hurt people. Hurt people. Yeah. And you don't want to be in that position. Mm -hmm. So seek out mental health counseling, a grief counselor. There is nothing wrong with getting professional mental help. Also, seek out face-to-face -face support from people who care about you. Mm. Turn to friends, turn to your family members, talk, share the good times, think of the good memories. Yes, embrace the loss. Minister you know, there are times you said you've written two books. Yeah. And one of the points I was going to make is start a journal. Mm -hmm. If you haven't started a journal, write down those precious memories. Well, that takes me right into uh, the next thing I was going to talk about. So thank you so much for those suggestions. But one thing that I found helpful and this I'd gotten from a counselor is writing a letter to your deceased loved ones and uh or anybody that you're grieving or have an issue with, to write a letter to that person, not necessarily to send it to them, but to get out of your spirit all of those things that you are feeling. And uh, just to give an example, I want to read uh, the letter that I wrote to my deceased sister, Anne. Absolutely. I said, Dear Anne, I miss you very much, and I'm a, I am sad and sorry that you died. Now, that was... A good thing right there because I find it hard to put those two words or her name in the same sentence or context as died that's just doesn't resonate yet so dear Anne I miss you very much and I'm sad and sorry that you died I hope that you do not feel alone when you took your last breath I am missing our phone conversations when I'm getting dressed I think about how particular you were about your hair your clothes your makeup you always look so pretty thank you for being one of my biggest supporters you encouraged me in everything I did you encouraged me to write so I finished my first two books and although you live way in Florida you made sure you were in the area to attend my pageant in Atlantic City I enjoy looking at the pictures of you and ours at all of my events. And thank you for being the sister anyone would love to have. I remember people thought we were twins. We looked so much alike. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I, I feel that I have lost a part of myself. 
I feel like I must now figure out how, how I will navigate in this world without you. It's a whole new world. My heart is heavy, my spirit is sad, and my soul is lonely. I know you're happy with your beloved husband and with mom and daddy and the rest of our sisters and brothers. So I will let you go and know that one day our souls will meet again. I love you, my soulmate, my beautiful sister, my forever companion. The last word you said to me on earth was, I love you, Phyllis. I now say to you, I love you, Anne, and I will always remember the love and the bond we shared. We were called twins for a reason. Love you always, your sister Phyllis. The world feels different and unfamiliar. <sighs> That's a beautiful tribute to your sister. Beautiful memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Minister Sheila Winfrey Brown, for being my special guest today. Your wisdom and knowledge is certainly appreciated. And so continue your great work and may many blessings come your way. And thank you for having me. That is it for our show today. And I just want to say to those of you who are grieving, it may take some time and thought before you're able to look back on the relationship and adjust to the loss of your loved one. Human beings are naturally resilient, but some of us may struggle with grief for longer periods of time and feel unable to carry out daily activities. Individuals with severe grief, as, as uh, Minister Sheila said, or complicated grief could benefit from the help of a licensed mental health professional who specializes in grief. Let's remember, we're all unique, I know that this feeling I have of a broken heart, of a broken heart will never leave me, but I can learn to live a joyful life in spite of my broken heart. I liken it to a broken leg that doesn't heal properly. If I had a broken leg that did not heal right, I would have to learn to maneuver through life on this unhealed broken leg and I would be able to do it. And my beloved sister, my heart is shattered and always will be, but I can learn to maneuver through this life with joy and even though, my, even though my heart is permanently broken. Just another thought. When you come to an important date related to your loved one, such as an anniversary or birthday, let's not pretend the date is not significant. Let's acknowledge the day and celebrate our loved one's memory or spend time with loved ones who can help us feel better. Every August 10th, we, the Tucker family of Newark, Delaware, we celebrate my mom's birthday. She passed away in 1983, and we have celebrated every August 10th since then. Before I go, let me share with you a poem. I, I guess you call it a poem, something that I found on Facebook. And one location online says it's by Tony Kane. I, I hope that's right. Anyway, it's entitled, When Someone is Broken, Don't Try to Fix Them. When someone is broken, don't try to fix them. You can't. Don't attempt to take away their pain. You can't. Instead, love them by walking beside them in the hurt. You can. Because sometimes what people need is simply to know they are not alone. And to make this more personal, you might say the poem this way. When I am broken, don't try to fix me. You can't. When I am hurting, don't attempt to take away my pain. You can't. Instead, love me by walking beside me in the hurt. You can. Because sometimes what I need is simply to know that I am not alone. 
I wish you well and please know that someone is always there for you and that you are not alone. Deuteronomy 31st chapter and the sixth verse says, be strong and bold, have no fear or dread of them because it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. My dear beloved listeners, that's it for today here on the joy of living and learning conversations with Phyllis. May peace and joy reign supreme in your life today and every day. I'm Phyllis Tucker Saunders saying so long for now.